Hi, this is episode 10 of the Viva La Diva podcast. I can't even believe it. 10. And it's a doozy. Uh, I'm your host, Laura J. Ingalls, and it's time to dare you to unconditionally love yourself. Oh my goodness, what a week. Okay, so things have been bananas, and I'm going to warn you all ahead of time that uh, my head is still spinning from everything that's happened over the past week. I had um, the November Project Summit was here in Boston this year, so there was like a gazillion people in town, and then my house was just a rotating um, you know, list of guests, and we had workouts and races, and and it was super hot, and um, oh, there was just like so much going on, and it was all awesome and crazy and stressful and wonderful. But as a result of coming down out of this craziness, the other day when I found out about something not very nice that happened to a friend of mine. My brain has just gone on total overdrive thinking about it. And so for today's episode, I've decided to push aside all of my other planned podcast topics, and I'm going to try and muddle my way through all of my thoughts and feelings to talk about the topic of perfection. Perfection. And really what I want to talk about is the demands for perfection that we put upon ourselves and others. This topic is actually something that I've spoken about quite often, um, just not in my podcast work. I've I've talked about it a lot in my non-podcasting work in well-being. The topic of perfection is a huge feature in the final week of my Thrive program, which I've historically offered in worksite wellness programs, but side note, it's coming to an interwebs near you very soon, so keep your eyes on my website. Um, But also, my Vivacious Life business partner, Caitlin Green, has an entire curriculum built around this demand for perfection, which we feature in our retreats, and um, her work, she calls it Taming Your Inner Critic. But like, divas, perfection is boring AF, and... For those of you who are not millennials who don't speak the lingo, um, I just spend my time with way too many millennials, but AF stands for as, A, as, and the F rhymes with duck, so you figure it out. But anyway, that's what I think of perfection. It is boring AF, but uh, let me backtrack a little bit. There are three issues that stand out as the biggest ones for me when it comes to perfection. One, it's absolutely impossible to achieve, and thus, it is the death of divadom. Two, it's something that women seem to uniquely put pressure on themselves to be in all areas of life, and we are constantly being sold products and services that are intended to help us be more perfect. Like, essentially, we're sold this idea that we should advertise a big bag of lies and call it me. Um, And at the same time, we're being taught that it's okay to openly criticize and even bully other women who let their imperfections show. And three, perfection is the death of growth. And that is effing boring. (laughs) So, well, reason two that I just stated, the pressure and the criticism and the bullying of ourselves and others, that's like, that's pretty heinous. 
It's the third one that I want to dig into first. And it is, it is really, it might be my biggest issue with perfection. And I have rebelled against this since I was a kid. And some, one of my earliest memories of really kind of getting a more mature grasp on, on, what this, like what perfection, what bothers me about perfection happened to me when I was actually in a church group. And it wasn't your traditional church group. When I was growing up, um, my dad, well, actually, my, so my dad used to be a Catholic priest and uh, he left the priesthood and got married to my mother. And then when I was about 12, I think, he started getting involved with a group that was advocating for a married Catholic priesthood. And eventually he sort of branched off and started working with some offshoot groups that were doing um, their own, kind of like their own thing. And he, so he has led, like he's led mass for years now, like almost my entire adult life. And he has performed wedding ceremonies and baptisms, et cetera, et cetera. So this, this story comes from one of these small groups that my dad used to lead where the focus was on having meaningful discussions about what it means to be spiritual and different, you know, like church. But anyway, um, this particular day we were talking about this concept of heaven and my dad had read this passage and I couldn't even tell you anymore because I was like, maybe 15 at the time, 16. And um, I couldn't tell you what it was from or what it was about. But ultimately, there was some idea or concept of stasis involved in this idea of heaven. And everybody afterwards was kind of discussing it. And this woman sitting next to me had like a very strong reaction to that aspect of what he was talking about. And she was saying, you know, oh, it would just be um, heaven to be in a place where nothing changes and everything is perfect. And I could just feel in her in that moment that she had this terrible fear of change and this terrible fear of not handling change and and making mistakes and and feeling the pain that change and mistakes can bring and and. And she was so focused on it that that this one tiny piece of what what had been in the reading was something that she latched onto, and it like blew my young mind because what she was describing to me sounded like hell and not like heaven. Um, and you know, and I get that change is hard, and the anxiety of not knowing what's coming or whether you'll deal with it well or whether you'll totally fall flat can induce anxiety and fear. But I realized that I am excited by change and growth, like especially when I would do things like look back at my old diary entries of myself when I was younger and all of the things that I thought were problems and all the mistakes that I had made. And I kept thinking to myself, like, oh my God, thank God that I like learned from that and I grew and I changed and that things changed and the people around me changed and we all continued to grow and get better because as painful as it was to go through that, we're all better people. And I could only imagine that if I had grown that much in such a short amount of time, you know, only being, you know, 15 or 16, I had already experienced enough 
growth that I could visually see that I was a better person, like I could just imagine how much growth was yet to come in the years that followed. And believe me, I have like royally screwed up and in painful, big, awful, sometimes life-threatening ways. But God, it is so thrilling to look back and see how far that I've come. And the other thing that I've learned about all of the mistakes that I've made from staying in an abusive relationship to screwing up my finances a gazillion times to saying the wrong thing to somebody that like hurts their feelings or, you know, not being the perfect roommate and making everybody else around me unhappy because I, you know, didn't keep up with my chores or whatever. But like what I've learned is that empathy doesn't grow from perfection. It grows from screwing up. I am a better friend. I am a more empathetic person. I am a better facilitator for other people's growth because of all of the ways that I have royally been imperfect. And like, please, for the love of all things holy, do not offer me a world full of women who have never screwed up big time because they will definitely not be able to relate to me when I inevitably do something else wrong in the future because I screw up all the time. And, you know, despite being raised by someone who, you know, was extremely spiritual and, and religious, I'm I'm not really religious, but I'm pretty sure that even the Bible has a passage about, like, he who is without sin shall throw the first stone. Like, basically, even Jesus is telling us that everyone screws up. It is human and it's normal, and we have to do it in order to grow. Perfection, when it it like oh it's it's so boring um and and also i don't think it's very conducive to health uh and i you know this is my area of expertise i'm not i'm not an expert in in spirituality or or any of this stuff that like my dad was an expert in or whatever but i you know so my area of study has been in health and healthy habits and I will say that perfection when it comes to health is also stupid. You do not have to have the perfect diet in order to be healthy. In fact, aiming for perfection when it comes to eating and exercise is actually so unhealthy and it's so abnormal that it has a clinical diagnosis. It's called orthorexia. And yet, somehow, it has seeped into our culture that we're supposed to never cave into cravings or never enjoy ourselves at a party or on a hot summer day or on a Tuesday. And and when we screw up or skip a workout or 10 workouts or eat a cupcake or have a third helping of a really delicious meal, we beat ourselves up so much that a lot of times we give up even trying. We expect perfection out of ourselves before we even fully know ourselves, like before we've even had a chance to grow and learn. We scrub once and we're like, no, bad. I should have known better or I did know better and I screwed up anyway. I must be bad, 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 bad. And, and then we give up on ourselves. And that, that is the exact opposite of what you should do because guess what? Cravings happen and it's your body's way of telling you something. And if you just beat yourself up every time you give in to one, you lose the chance for the lesson of why your body asked you for that thing in the first place. And you become body stupid instead of body sensitive, which being body sensitive is where the real magic happens. 
being able to grow to the point where you really know your own body and the language that it's speaking to you through cravings, this is like a way more reliable way of creating good, solid foundations for health than blindly adhering to some dumb set of rules for perfection. And this demand for perfection is so insidious that the pressure we put on ourselves to always be perfect spills out onto other people. We do things like we hate and tease and insult what we dislike most about ourselves. And we do it and we do it horribly to ourselves and we do it horribly to other people. Because after all, we only see life through our own filters. Let me let me try to break that down. So what I'm saying is everything we think and feel is unique to our experience of the world and of ourselves. So whether we love someone or hate someone, it has very little to do with that other person and what they're doing. And it has everything to do with our own experiences and how our own experiences cause us to react to them. And it's not just hatred and meanness and and dislike that operates this way. It's not just, you know, our filters telling us something about ourselves in only hate situations or dislike or anger situations. Love actually operates this same exact way. When we love someone, it's just all of the things about our life culminating in this filter that when we see this other person, we're like, oh my God, I love them. Um, and so, so like, well, I think it's very nice when someone loves me. I realize that it's no great thing that I have done in particular to inspire that love. Like I'm not some amazing, perfect person. And I can feel gratitude for that love that I receive from people, but I can't really take any credit for it because it's just, it's like a happy accident of their life experiencing, of of their life experience influencing their filter on how they see me. And it's the same thing with when people don't like the things that I do or can't, you know, deal with the ways that I make mistakes or the ways that I'm not perfect to them. Um, Or it's, I can't take that personally when someone doesn't like me because that's just their filter, that everything about their life that's brought them to this point has made them feel uncomfortable about some aspect of something about me and they don't like it. And that I can't do anything about that um, besides authentically be human and try to learn from my mistakes um, and and really live authentically to what what I feel, like like what my values tell me is the right and wrong thing to do. Um, and where I really see this getting, making, like, it's just, it's so hard. It's so confusing. Um, I I think it's, it's when we demand perfection from our role models and like this whole idea of role models, I sort of, I like, like it, but I also rebel against it. I, I've been told that I'm a good role model. I have lots of role models in my life, but like, like when I think about it in terms of, the demands that we place on our role models and this expectation of perfection, I it drives me bananas because I think we're actually wrong about what we're expecting from the people that we put up on pedestals. And when we find the slightest imperfection in them, we tear them down like rabid dogs when they don't live up to those expectations. And we insinuate all sorts of character flaws that we assume must be present in them when we see even like this teeniest chink in their armor of perfection and we tear at it and we gnash our teeth and we throw stones and like, ah, it's all just, it's like so boring. 
I mean, how will we ever grow looking at life this way and looking at perfection this way? So this comes back to the thing that just set me off uh, this week. And it has to do with my friend Kelly Roberts, whose blog and podcast is Run Selfie Repeat. You should definitely check her out. And she's seen by a lot of people, including me, as a role model and coming complete with the demand for perfection and the expectation that she should hold herself to a higher standard than people who aren't in the spotlight otherwise. And so this past, you know, for the past week or so, she's been facing a lot of bullying and judgment and meanness for some mistakes that she's made. Um, Some people have said that she isn't a role model. Some have called her name such as liar and cheater. Some have insulted her family, including her mother and her dead brother. Um, Some people have attacked her body along with her character. And I don't like it one bit. I like it one bit, not just because she's my friend and I know her personally, but like one of the most interesting things about Kelly is her ability to totally screw up and self-reflect and grow and be open about it. And she openly admits that she can be a mess and a bitch and throw temper tantrums. And yet she has this like incredible ability to look back and learn from those moments often more than once. And if I'm being completely honest, which is the goal here, I don't always relate to Kelly's way of being. I I mean, first of all, I'm 10 years older than she is. And second of all, I'm a really different person. But I don't want a role model who is perfect. And I also, and most importantly, don't want a role model who is everything that I aspire to be. Because if you didn't notice... This podcast is called Viva La Diva. I am a freaking diva. I am unique. And if I am spending my life looking up to one person who is everything that I think I should be, like, what am I even doing here? That it, it, like, if someone else is already everything that I think I should be, then that role has been filled. Like, please take a seat in the chorus. Thank you. Don't come again. And like, screw that. I. I actually have a million role models, and none of them are perfect, and all of them have made major mistakes in life, and, and you know, some of them do things that I don't like or that I wouldn't do. Some of them live in a way that I would not live or ever be happy living, but there's at least one thing about each and every one of them that I find inspiring or magnetic um, or really, really interesting or something that I can learn from, and, and that thing keeps them on my radar and it keeps their voices in my ear in those moments when I need them as I work through building the person that I want to be. And best of all, all of my role models and perfections make them relatable to me. And it makes me feel like even with all of my imperfections, I can still be a diva. Like, I can still be an athlete and be strong as hell, even with my tummy rolls falling out from between my running pants and my sports bra. And I can still be sexy, even with stretch marks and gray hair and scars. And and probably nearest and dearest to my heart, I can still be worth learning from and listening to, even if I've made big mistakes in life, or even if I don't get everything right all the time, or even if I still have a lot to learn, um, and even if I have to make those mistakes like, more than once, I, I can still have integrity even if it takes me more than one time to learn my lessons in life. And I, and I get that f- inspiration and that sense of self-confidence from my role models. 
I want my role models to play big where others play small. And my role models allow themselves to be vulnerable so that I can grow alongside them. So today, even if jumping into this conversation puts me at risk for backlash, I choose to be done demanding perfection. And instead, I choose to keep growing alongside my friends. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, you will for sure see me out running on June 24th in my sports bra. Uh, Why? The reason is that it is Global Sports Bra Squad Day, and that is being put on by Wazelle and by Kelly Roberts. And I'm going to be out there standing beside her and standing, hopefully, with all of you. And here's what I promise you about June 24th and Global Sports Sports Bra Squad Day. I promise you that there will be a lot of different bodies and that I will be showing off some pretty intense love handles. And it will be perfect only if in its embrace of imperfection. Uh, but the one thing it will definitely not be is boring. Um, so I invite all of you to join me on June 24th in whatever way you choose to do so. So whether that way is by ditching your shirt and running in a sports bra or whether it's finding some other personal way to tell perfection to take a freaking hike and to get down and dirty with all of your own imperfections, whatever that means to you, just do it. So like, let's quit this boring ass perfection nonsense together today and actually thrive and be the divas that we were meant to be. Got it? Okay, let's wrap this up. As I mentioned in the last episode, I think that we need more love going on here for ourselves and others. So if you're in the Boston area on July 10th, um, so after you ditch your imperfections I mean, on June 24th, um, or ditch your need for perfection, I should say, on June 24th, um, on July 10th, I'll be hosting a screening of the film Embrace with a Q&A talk back, and that will be at the Regal Cinema in Westboro on Route 9. So check out the website if you want to learn more about the movie Embrace. Um, the website is bodyimagemovement.com. You can follow the link in the show notes, and you can also follow the link um, or just go to my website, laurajingles.com, and follow the link that's there to reserve your ticket for the event. And I will put all of that stuff in the show notes. Um, and that'll be, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for tuning in today, as always. Um, if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are loving it, please leave a five-star rating, complete with comments. It helps other people to find me. And speaking of other people finding me, recommend me to your friends. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LJ Ingles. And today on Instagram, I've posted a totally kick-ass picture of me and all of my imperfections looking strong as hell and sexy in my new sports bra. Um, and, uh, and of course, as I mentioned, you can check out my website, laurajingles.com, for more podcast episodes. And until next time, viva la diva. 